0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. The pastor came in one day and says, with the equalization of truth, power shifts. I didn't come up here to come to a religious service, by the way, if you didn't know that. If I tweak you, my thing is, or you get offended, uh, just come back. You know, in this church in uh, 2006 when we started, 2005 really, uh, I was offended for six months. Thank goodness I had a praying mom. How many grateful for praying moms? I'd be offended every Sunday. I said, I'm never going back to that whack church. And then my mom would call me, and she'd start praying for me. And she goes, you need to go back there. I'm like, mom, they're saying things that doesn't line up with how I was raised. And she goes, okay, well, I mean, I grew up in a great Christian home. I mean, I never saw miracles. I never saw the power of Jesus. (laughs) Why are you laughing? That's a true thing. That's most of the churches in America. (laughs) And what happened was, you know, my parents loved Jesus, married 32 years, and then, you know, got a divorce. And I'm like, man, where's Jesus in this? You know, and I I was this kid going, God, if you're real, why can't I see powerful things that I read about in the Bible? Because I never saw it. And I was in the same high school building my whole church career, if you will. And then I came down, met this crazy pastor from Australia that's talking about the power of God, the Holy Spirit, talking about things that I was like, and I went to the church and people were praying in tongues. I was so offended. I was like, oh, demon of doctrines. And I would leave. And, be, and then all of a sudden, he'd sign up to be a patient of mine. I'm a chiropractor, and he'd be laying on my table. I'm like, okay, you know you just offended me yesterday. And that's why I knew he's a man of faith, because one wrong twist, I could have ruined his life. I mean, he really offended me. I'm like, but he still has enough faith to lay on the table. Okay, who is this guy? And then he would just, I'd be back next Sunday, offended again, or crying, which to me was is some sort of offense. But... I finally, after six months, say, if you make me cry one more time, I'm dehydrated every Sunday. And he said something that forever changed my life. He says, that's actually the Holy Spirit healing up some disappointments in your life. And if you could just stay in long enough to trust him and everything I preach, go get in the word of God yourself. So you get your own revelation, not your grandpa's who's a pastor, not your uncle's who's a pastor. Get your own because it's a personal relationship with Jesus. So it doesn't matter what your background is. This isn't religion. This is Awakened Church, and we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. And we do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to preach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We want you to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So when you walk out of here, you understand. You don't wait for a pastor. You can lay hands on somebody and pray for them, and you can watch them be healed because there's people out there that need to know the good news. We also preach the gospel of abundance, of generosity. That out of Deuteronomy 8.18 that God gives you the power to get wealth. It tweaks a lot of Christians. What's so funny is, you know, we just got on Yelp. We got this review a couple weeks ago, you know, because we've been open and preaching. And I have 28 pastors at my north campus right now from other churches that are shut down in California. 28. From all different denominations. It's like I'm pastoring pastors now. But it's amazing that they're getting healed, restored, but you come around the tithe, they just like, whoa, we, we, don't, we don't preach that every week. Wow, wow, you guys are bold about it. And I say, yeah, because our people need revelation. And then all of a sudden we got a Yelp review and it says, yeah, that church, stay away from them. They're into health and wealth over there. I'm thinking to myself, that's the best Yelp review we've ever got. I didn't even think about that. I mean, what do you want me to be, the poverty, the, the broke and unhealthy church? The sick and broke church, that's what we want to be. Oh, yeah. Health and wealth, God bless them. Thank you. I got on there and responded, this is the greatest. I hope we see you back here if you want to get healthy or wealthy. It's because God's given you the power. But I, but I couldn't believe it because, the, you know the gospel means good news? I don't know if there's, like when I'm talking about poverty, I don't know, that's not good news. But when you get out of it and you... Uh-oh, yeah, the devil doesn't like me, does he? You get me out of it and set me up on sure ground, how many knows that's the good news? The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. Okay, that's going to land. So listen, I want to read this out of uh, Genesis 126. Let me help you. You know, we're not a woke church. We're a church. Thank you over here. Okay. Because what you're not gonna hear, let me give you some of these, maybe you've seen them. No, not Genesis 1:26. will I'll preach that in a minute. Do you have some of my woke pictures? If you love me, keep my suggestions. You're not gonna hear that here. Next one, I don't preach about repentance because I don't want people to think I'm negative. You're not gonna hear that here. Uh, don't offend people. Well, some of you are already offended, I'm sorry. Okay, next one. Your truth will set you free. You're not going to hear that here. It's the truth will set you free. Uh, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, but never tell anyone to feel uncomfortable. Actually, you're not going to feel that here. Because how many know that all growth happens outside the... It's going to be awesome. My disciples, do you see these crowds? If you want to gather followers, you must stay away from addressing controversial subjects like Dr. Matt's about to preach on the Holy Spirit. That's woke Jesus. That's not what you hear here. So I just, I kind of want to start it off with who we are. We're going to preach the good news, which is the gospel. And you know what I learned in church a long time ago when I met Pastor Yergin? That I never knew was possible. You can have fun. I'm not going to ever dishonor the pulpit, but you can still have fun in church, which I did not know. I thought it was a place where I had to shut my mouth. During praise, I sat very, very religious. When I came to Awaken Church, I'll never forget all those people. I'm like, why do they have their hands raised? I was like Presbyterian confused Baptist. I'm like, what are they doing? And finally, like six weeks later, I was like this. And then it was like freedom, in which I'm kind of like Forrest Gump, it just took a while, like 12 weeks later I was like, the one hand, when I went two hand, fully liberated. And then one day I was in worship and I was bouncing, and I was thinking to myself, I'm being actually my real authentic self because when I would go to NBA games, I would be sh- jumping up and down. I'd be popcorn flying everywhere. I'd go to football games when we actually had a football team in San Diego, and I'd be losing my mind. And all of a sudden, I'd go to church like this. And it was amazing because of the religious spirit that I had on me. And as I got healed, as I got set free, as the Holy Spirit started to minister to my soul, I found freedom in the house of God. So, how I am on Monday is how I am on Tuesday, is how I am on Wednesday. And on Sunday, I am the same person that God created me to be. You'll find freedom in the house. This isn't religion. There's people that need to know the good news, but they're so locked up in religion, we got to set them free. How do we do that? You gotta know who you are. In Genesis 126, the first book of the Bible, God's trying to tell us who we are. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We are made in the image of the almighty God and his likeness. Two different things. Do a word study on it. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. I just count two. He created them, and God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and every living thing that moves on earth. I want to tell you that sin means... That we've just missed the mark. How do you get back into alignment? Is you just repent. You just say, God, I'm sorry. Because if you're living below the image and the likeness of God. Because of shame. Because of guilt, manipulation, religion, whatever it is. I need you to get in your prayer time with God and just seek repentance. It says, seek first the kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you. But you'll never seek the kingdom if you don't have the revelation that you were created to take dominion in this, in this life. Some of you aren't picking up what I'm putting down. Meaning, you are supposed to thrive in this life. The devil's a liar. In John 10.10, 10, he says, there is a thief, the enemy. But once he's planted a seed of shame, of you're never good enough, and you've amen that, now you're the thief in your own life. The enemy just came and planted the seed, and if you don't pick that seed up, all of a sudden you're gonna have a harvest in your life of what you are watering. And if you don't like where you are right now, maybe in a relationship, maybe with your work, maybe with your finances, maybe in your walk with the Lord, then I'm going to tell you, take a pause and just say, God, I need you to shine a light on everything not in, in agreement in, that's, in, that's incongruent with your word. Highlight it so I can get free of it right now because you were made in the image and the likeness, meaning you are worthy to do what God's called you to do in this life, which is take dominion in every area of your life. So this is really self-assessment Sunday. In James 3.10, for those of you that need to understand it, he's talking about the power of our tongue. And in verse 9 and 10, it says, With it, bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought to not be so. What he's saying is be careful what you're saying about your life. Be careful what you're saying about your spouse. Be careful what you're saying about your boss about those people around you, maybe about your neighbor? Speak blessing, whether you like them or not. Speak blessing. Get your brain neurologically reprogrammed to only speak life, because you are made in the image and the likeness, but so is your neighbor. He just might not know it yet. What happens is during COVID, we just get this squeeze play put on us and we might not like some of the things we were thinking in the last season of our life. Even me, I was just like, ah getting irritated by certain things, but I had to take everything captive because I know James 3, 9 says, I'm either gonna bless you or curse you by what comes off your lips. These are the seeds of your future. Speak life and you'll be walking in life. You're made in the image and the likeness. Look in that mirror and tell yourself, you got this. You're made in the image and likeness of God. You can overcome it. You're an, I'm an overcomer. I talk to myself in the mirror all the time. I speak life. We have to, because there's an enemy that wants to speak doubt. You can't do it. You never will do it. You're not good enough. You'll be broke your whole life. You just have to say cancel, and you speak life. I'm gonna show you how to get that power in a moment. Colossians 3.10 says this, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Three different verses talking, you'll either bless what God created, or you'll curse it, and then in Colossians it talks about it. You got to put on the new self every day. You got to believe every day because the enemy's relentless to make sure your life destroyed. Your joy is destroyed. I love when people have joy. You know how I can tell? They got a smile on their face. Some people need to remind their face they're joyful. <laughs> Second Corinthians three eighteen says this. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Verse after verse saying, know who you were created to be and let it be so. That's what amen means. Amen. Let it be so. Some of us get it, but this is why we need the Holy Spirit. See, we call Awakening Church the house of transformation. It doesn't matter how you walked in, but if you stay long enough, your life will transform or you'll leave due to offense. And if you feel like you get tweaked today or a little bit offended today, I'm gonna give you a book. It's called by John Bevere, one of the greatest Bible teachers out there, called The Bait of Satan. Read it. He uses, the enemy uses different baits Catch different fish, for your fishermen. But how every human gets ensnared, the number one is offense. So he goes through and talks about bitterness and offense and how that seed will get planted. And these are the side effects of it. But here's the symptoms to look for. So if you see the symptoms in your life, you already know that spirit of offense is on you. And then he gives you the tools by telling you the truth on how to get that offense unwound. Be unoffendable people. How do you do that? The power of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is why this church has to operate. And the more that this church operates in it, meaning the church, the people, meaning you, that we operate in the Holy Spirit. That's why we do men's prayer. That is the last samurai, like Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. We train every Tuesday, you mighty men, on how to perfect those gifts in a safe place so when you're outside of here, you, knew how, you know how to use those gifts. In Acts 8, 14 through 17, it says this. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed with them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. In verse 17, it says, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts 19, 5, it says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. See, what happens is when you receive the Holy Spirit, one of the signs is you're gonna start prophesying. You're gonna start hearing things that line up with the word of God that edify someone's spirit and you're gonna prophesy over them. I suggest starting with yourself. Second thing is you're all gonna get the gift of tongues. We can go into all the theology about it. We can talk about it afterwards, but I wanna tell you why you need the power. See, the devil doesn't want you to receive any of the gifts, especially the gifts of tongues. And let me tell you, I was a professional anti-tongue talker. (laughs) Raised 100% against it. 100%. I even went to Bible college, and they were like, oh, stay away from those Holy Ghost people. I was like, yep, I I will. I will. I don't want that thing coming on me because I see those people with tambourines in the back and flags, and they're running all over. I don't want that on me. Uh, So I was afraid of it. Like, it'd be out of control. The Holy Ghost would come. Out and be, I shut, I'd be, ah, shut that I'd be running around up and down the halls. That's what I thought. But it was amazing when my grandfather died, he left me, and he was an incredible Baptist preacher his entire life, 57 years, uh, he preached the gospel. He was the oldest man to ever preach in prison, in Folsom Prison. They actually let him go where no one else would go because they figured he's so old, if he got killed, it's no big deal. He signed his life away. <laughs> But they let him go down into the total confinement, um, whatever they called that there, but it, it was gnarly, and he was getting so many people saved, created revival at Folsom Prison. And, uh, but he said to me, when he passed away, he says, you're going to be a pastor one day, and this is in the middle of my rebellion. Uh, I said, oh, 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 oh. oh, grandpa, it's the medication. I love you. I love you. And he goes, no, you're at the right church. Don't let this old man's theology get in the way of the calling on your life. And I'm thinking to myself, uh uh-oh. So I went to my mom. Mom, what would you tell grandpa? I mean, you got to understand, I had so much respect. My grandpa taught me how to be very competitive. We played ping pong together for trophies, Chinese checkers, rummy. I mean, you named anything we could play. We were doing miniature golf one time, and he's in his 80s, and His ball went off the thing, and he was trying to get down there because he was going to cheat and kick it back on, but he tripped. And this 80-year-old falls, and my uncle, my brother, and me are over him going, you cheater, you cheater. And the entire mini golf thing was looking at us going, call CPS. That guy's abusive. Uh, Look at those people shaming that old man. But we were so about, he's on the ground going, I was not cheating. I'm taking the trophy. I'm thinking to myself. But he taught me all that. And I was so nervous for him to find out I was going to a spirit-filled church because I loved him so much. And then he tells me this, and two days later, he passed away. And my mom goes, I didn't say a thing to him. I was too nervous. But the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. He loved Jesus. But what I'm gonna tell you is that so many of us are living a gospel, but without the power. It's we got the Ferrari and the, garage. We just don't have the key to drive that thing. So you open the door, you let everybody see it. Everybody's impressed. Man, you got that Ferrari. You just forgot to tell them you don't have the key. Can I get a ride? Ah, not this week. So there's a lot of churches that look good, but I want a church that looks good. I want a church that knows how to pray in the power. I want a church that has, when your friend's in the hospital that they know who to call, that you're going to go to the hospital and you're going to lay hands on them and they will be healed because the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So in Acts, listen, so Tim Hall, where's my timer? Oh, dear Lord, help me. Okay. So listen, listen. This guy, Tim Hall, came through. He's an evangelist. He goes to Papua New Guinea. Thousands of people. He had just got off a 40-day fast. He was coming to preach in our church. This is when we were just a couple years, maybe two years old. We had like... 300 people in the church. We were like thinking, well, yes, here we go, baby. And I meet him for, Pastor Juergen's like, I really want you and Pastor John, we are both not pastors at the time, to go meet with this guy, Tim Hall. He's preaching on Sunday. So we meet with him. He just got a 40-day fast out of the Outback. He just was talking about revival in Papua New Guinea. And he had 10,000 people come to his first meeting. And so he was showing us the video. And he's like, check this out. It's going to blow your mind. So he had no idea. He just knew we were young students of Pastor Juergens that were just now getting in this church and we were getting on fire. Okay. And so, oh, no, it was our first year. Yeah, it was our first year because I hadn't received the the gifts of the Holy Spirit yet. So here's what happened. Long story short, he's showing me the video. He's up on a stage just like this. On the back of the stage were armed security guards with AR-15s, okay? And they were for Papua New Guinea, and they were kind of like his police. And they're saying it's a very deadly city. Watch out. And so 10,000 people out in front of him. He's sitting here preaching the gospel, and all of a sudden he pauses. It's like the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And as he went like this to pray, he went like this. There was no railing. All of a sudden, every one of those soldiers, power of God, hit them. They fell off the back of the stage. So I'm watching this video going, okay, that's weird. And then he says, in the name of Jesus. And the power of God knocked out about the first 25 to 3,000 people flat on their back. But that wasn't the impressive part. The video goes on. He says, look at the stadium afterwards. There were wheelchairs, crutches, everything laid out everywhere. And he goes, that's how many people were healed on day one. But you know what was impressive? That day two, 25,000 people showed up because word spread throughout Papua New Guinea and they all started coming because they wanted to see the power of Jesus. It was amazing. And my mind was blown. But then on Sunday, he showed up. My girlfriend at the time was there. He showed up and preached. I married her by the way, I might be slow but I'm not that slow. But he came to preach, he stopped in the middle of his message and he says I need to pray for people to receive the power of the Holy Ghost and he started praying in tongues and all of a sudden he prayed and a businessman in the back that brought his nephew, both of them were hit with the power of God, wife freaked out, nephew was on the ground. We had to carry him to the car later because he was just drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'd never seen it before. I was freaked out in my spirit. But it was amazing. My wife, my girlfriend at the time had a revelation. Next thing you know, she walked up to thank him. Power of God hits her. She didn't have religion. She came to the first service, our first date was at church. She got saved on her first Sunday. She had no concept of anything. Here I have years of Bible, of knowledge, of theology, of all this stuff and I see her on the ground with a tear and she's praying in tongues. She got the gift of the Holy Ghost and here I am, so stuck in my religiosity and all my pride and all my arrogance that I know better. I watched a girl that knew nothing get filled and I watched her life completely change due to one encounter with the Holy Ghost. It's amazing, a lot of us maybe had that encounter but maybe the world got us distracted from it. But I'm telling you, I went on just a fast to seek God, and it still took me four to six weeks later till I had my encounter, because I had so much in the way and my mind wouldn't let go. But the revelation was when the Holy Spirit did come to me. See, the Holy Spirit comes to us all when we get saved. When we say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, it's a package deal, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity comes. But the revelation I didn't have is, see, that was Jesus in me. I later went and got baptized, the water baptism, and you're immersed in the water and you come up a new creation. Declaring a thing. See, when the Holy Spirit came in me, it doesn't mean I was operating the gifts. It wasn't until I said, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was me being dropped in the bucket of the Holy Spirit. And I came out and one of those signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit was praying in tongues and when I got my prayer language I think my mom freaked out and then my mom went on a and said if you love Jesus so much go talk to him she goes I will she called me a week later crying I happened to be with Pastor Jurgen at the time she was so emotional she goes you're not gonna believe this you're not gonna believe this and I'm like mom was everything okay she goes fine I'm on the side of the road right now she was worshiping beautiful day up in Sacramento, just worshiping, and all of a sudden, she got filled with the Holy Ghost. She felt guilty about it because of the 55 years of indoctrination of it's an evil thing. So we prayed for her. My mom completely shifted, started a cancer healing ministry. We'd go in, started help groups and people. Before, it was like counseling. Now it's healing. Yeah. Totally transformed her life. My entire family, my uncle got filled with the Holy Ghost. It went like a ripple effect through my family, and my family is different because of it. What happens? I'm just going to read just a couple more verses because I don't want to, even though time is short, I don't want to rob you of truth, but I want you to do a little inventory because in Acts 1.8 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. If you're a believer, you believe in Jesus, but you're not walking in power and authority, I want you to know that it's a free gift and you just have to ask for it today. It's part of the package. In Ephesians 4, through 16, it talks about the spiritual gifts. A lot of churches preach on, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, which is how I was raised. I can quote the fruit. I didn't know what the gifts were. But the Holy Spirit represents... Is a dove. It's amazing if you look at the pin feathers, there's nine on each wing. Fruit of the Spirit, there's nine. But if you don't have the nine gifts of the Spirit, you're like a one flapping Holy Spirit winger. That was me my whole life, and I wanted to know why I couldn't get breakthrough, why I couldn't do it. I went and did a deep study. So here are the nine gifts, and I want you to assess right now Holy Spirit, talk to me. Where am I operating in these gifts? If not, I want you to say, God, I I want those gifts today. It's a gift is free. See, I'm going to tell you, discipleship, being disciplined, how many know you got to be disciplined for some of those fruit? Joy, you got to, sometimes I got to remind myself to be joyful. With my kids, I got to remind them. I got to work on getting the fruit. But how many know the gifts? They're free. Those are free gifts that you're called to operate in. Because there is a world that needs you fully operational. Let me tell you, here they are. Apply these to your personal life, to your marriage, to your business, to your coaching, to the people you're mentoring. I want you to think a little bit differently how these gifts apply to your life. It's not a church thing. It's an image and likeness thing. The word of knowledge. How are you operating in that today? The word of wisdom, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the working of miracles, number six, the discerning of spirits. When you walk in a room, do you have that gift? Discern the spirits of where you're walking in. The different kinds of tongues and the interpreting of tongues. Nine gifts. When you receive the Holy gift, Holy Spirit, You're going to operate in all those. You might have a strength. One of mine is the gift of prophecy, the gift of discernment, the gift of faith. I'm believing that I will walk more strongly in the gift of healings. I do want to see, like the Wigglesworths, like the John G. Lakes. I want to see someone raised from the dead in my lifetime because of the gift of faith and the gift of healing in my life. I told my wife, if something ever happened to me, these are the five people you can count on that will be in the hospital. You call them first before anything is signed, because I know they got the power, and I know they got the faith, and I ain't dead. I am not done yet on this earth, so my wife knows these are the people. Do you know those people? I want to be a church full of those people. All right, I'm going to tell you why. Here's the couple last verses. It says in 1st Corinthians 14:39, "Therefore, brethren, and my sisters, desire earnestly to prophesy." In 1st Corinthians 14:1, it says, "And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy." Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. 1st Thessalonians 5:19. In 1 Timothy 4:14 4, it says, "Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all." We're all working it out, people. 2 Timothy 1:6, "Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you and through you by the laying on of hands." Freely we receive, freely we give, Matthew 10:8. You can't give away what you don't got. Why the devil hates it so much and why he tries to get in and divide the church over it is because when you pray in tongues, you directly are speaking with God. That's your prayer language, and the enemy doesn't know what's going on because you pray spirit to spirit. Do a study on it. One of my favorite books is My Friend the Holy Spirit by Mark Peterson. Google it. Buy it. Equip yourself. It's amazing. We'll go hire financial coaches. We'll go get all this financial stuff. And and I agree, I want you to be successful and financially sound, but I also want you to have power. And I'm gonna tell you, if you're getting direct revelation from heaven, how you know you're gonna get some revelation, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge about what you're supposed to do financially, maybe about which house to buy, about which property to take. Why are all these people from San Diego moving to Salt Lake City? They ate a burrito, they got gassy, they had a weird moment, they were bored. No, no, no. Because they walk in the Holy Spirit. And when Pastor Matt and Loren were sent here on a mission, they felt like we're called to be armor bearers. So you have these people. We're sending you not second, third, we're sending you the best of what my campuses have to offer because they love Pastor Matt and Loren Tuggle. They know what's going on up here in Salt Lake City, and they know there's about to be a revival, that there's going to be four campuses in Salt Lake City because we're going to surround this city to share the gospel of the good news. Some of you believe it. Some of you will get that word of faith. But praying in tongues keeps you in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues allows you to pray even when you don't know what to pray. Your mind is unfruitful, says the Word of God. But when you're praying, that's between you and heaven. See, the devil loves when you pray out loud because now he knows where to come out. Read C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. I think C.S. Lewis called it The Screwtape Letters because the devil wants to screw you. I mean, that's not PC, but I'm telling you, I read that and it freaked me out going, I need to learn how to pray. Because guess what? That's a prophetic word. C.S. Lewis was, about how the enemy operates. So when you're sitting there complaining to a friend about your life, or or God, why'd you do this, or why is that? Guess what, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, 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 start praying in tongues. Because guess what, there's an enemy that wants to hear where he can still keep messing you up. Oh yeah, keep confessing that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna send one of my little demons to make sure he keeps harassing you around your finances. Oh, you're not happy with your spouse? Uh, Let me line up some more road bumps in your life. Oh, you know what, let me throw some more problems in your life. I hear what you're saying. I'll send another one. No, no no. pray in the spirit. The Spirit gives you power. The Spirit gives you peace. I'm trying to tell you where you need breakthrough in your life. I'm a walking student of what it did. I know my life being a Christian for 30 years and then I know what happened after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, my fruit is much different now because the authority to take dominion in my life and I take it as serious is what people would say a heart attack, but I'm not going to prophesy that, but it's that serious. And we're going to learn to operate as believers together. We're going to have grace for one another to work these gifts out. That we're going to help sharpen each other. This is discipleship. Last thing I'm going to leave you with. In 2008 and again in 2018, the University of Pennsylvania released findings from a medical study proving the practice of speaking in tongues sourced by the Holy Spirit. In the study, participants' brain activity was monitored while they spoke in tongues, giving medical researchers significant insight into the parts of the brain active while speaking in these heavenly tongues, and the results were astounding. You won't find this on Google because Google doesn't want you to know, but go to DuckDuckGo and it's right there. I don't know why, but they don't want you to know that. It's amazing. Think about that. Let that drop in there. Much of the study is outlined on an ABC news piece that recently just got taken down on YouTube. Speaking in tongues is an ancient practice mentioned in the Bible. The Apostle Paul called it speaking in the tongues of angels. Jesus, the apostles, were the first to said to do it at Pentecost. Dr. Andrew Newberg goes on to say that when you talk, your frontal lobe lights up on this EKG, but when you pray in tongues, it goes completely flat and quiet. When they engage in talking again, it lights back up. What does all that mean? He goes on to say that it takes your, your brain to a meditative state. See, some people go and get into drugs, nutraceuticals. They're looking for that experience, but you don't need to take any outside in. You just need the Holy Spirit. Carl Peterson saw this study that was done and researched himself. Here's an expert, and I'm going to end on this, that was extracted verbatim. I've had a number of inquiries concerning the efficacy of praying in the spirit. As the benefit to the human immune system, I noticed that it enhanced by chemicals released from the part of the brain. So he's clarifying this and saying, I cannot even believe the own findings Once an atheist, now spirit-filled, on fire for God. Because of that study, he says this. The hypothalamus has a direct regulation of four major systems of the body. All increased in immune function while praying in tongues. The pituitary gland and all target endocrine glands. The total immune system, the entire autonomic system, and the production of brain hormones called endorphins and of whatever that word is, which are chemicals the body produces that are 100 to 200 times more powerful than morphine. In summary, a very significant percentage of the central nervous system is directly and indirectly activated in the process of extended verbal and uh, prayer, speaking in tongues, over a minimum 15 minutes of time. These results did not occur for meditation, thinking, or talking, only by praying in the Spirit. This was Carl peterson md that gave his life to christ because of that study let's all stand to our feet i want to pray for us today and i'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward afterwards listen if you've not ever given your heart you're new here you've never given your life to jesus let's not put the cart before the horse we need jesus god sent his only son that's why we just celebrated easter to die on the cross for you and I to take all our sin, that we don't walk in shame, condemnation, but that we may have eternal life. It's called the number one insurance policy because eternity's on the line. You don't have to earn it, jump through hoops, stop drinking caffeine, follow all these laws. You're saved by grace. After that happens, we can talk about what discipleship looks like, because we want you to have the fruit of what it means to, in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God. But let's not go seek the kingdom of God until you know what the kingdom's about, and that's Jesus. So God didn't send Jesus to start another religion. It's raising your hand doesn't get you into heaven. It's a decision in your heart. And it's easy. You say a simple prayer. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. I ask that you forgive me today. Come live in my heart. And I want to follow you the rest of my life. That's how easy it is. A pastor doesn't have the keys to your eternity. It's between you and your heavenly father. I don't want to be a church of codependent people. And you always got to come here thinking, this is where you're going to get fed. You can't. No, no, no. Get the Bible. We want to give you one. We want to give you a book called Following Jesus. And it's just like kind of the... Where do I start? It's like the manual on like, hey, where's a good place to start in here? What's this mean? What's baptism of the Holy Spirit? Should I get baptized? What's my next steps? It's just a little thing, just to point you where to go in that manual of life called the Bible. You know what the Bible stands for? Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's for me, Forrest Gump style. I need it as simple as possible. And if you want one of those, just come ask anyone on the front row, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. I asked him in my heart, can I get a Bible and a following Jesus book? We gladly, I want to run out of them. I want Matt and Loren and Vince and Becca. I want them to have problems up here in Salt Lake City, like there's a shortage of Bibles and following Jesus books. Now, after you have that, I'm going to say a simple prayer right now. Once you have Jesus, you say, I want to walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many need discernment in your life? How many need knowledge for things that you need some wisdom in? These are operating in the gifts. I don't wanna be a castrated church in America any longer. We are called in Joshua to be bold and courageous. How are you gonna do that without the Holy Spirit? How many know in this last season, the reason we were able to navigate it because of the wisdom of our pastors, because they went and sought after the Lord? Where the world was saying this, we wanna know what was God saying? And it's amazing because we aligned ourselves with other pastors that were doing the same thing. And we all were getting the same amen from heaven. And we found our tribe in many different pastors. And we watched some well-known pastors that we respected go a different direction. We even lost some relationships in this season, but you know what? There's only one relationship that matters. We're gonna do what God tells us to do, because we're gonna follow what the Holy Spirit's inclining our hearts what to do. So I'm gonna pray right now. If you guys do this all closure, and if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, just say, "God, I want to receive it." And I'm gonna pray, and then afterwards you can come up for ministry. One of the signs you might be on the way home. It might hit you later. It might be on a prayer walk. It might be, and you might just be speaking in another language. God's a gentleman; he doesn't just take over you, control your mind. and Now you're a robot. That's not how it works. Free will means you freely give your life and you want to follow Jesus. Freely, the baptism of the Holy Spirit works too. You, in faith, start to speak. And then all of a sudden, you'll feel the engine. For me, I had to get out of my head, get into my heart. But when it happened, and you know what's so funny? I had to use a worship song every time. Because the first time it happened, I was listening to this one worship song by Newsboys, song number three, It Is He. And literally, I could not pray in tongues any other time because I didn't know how to activate it. So I'd always put on song number three, Newsboys, It Is He, and then I'd get hit with the power of the Holy Ghost until finally I realized I don't need that song. Jesus, help me get over my own stuff. And then how many know that I did? We're a family. To see the batises up here, I was crying on the front row. That was such a powerful tithe message. But no, we've been doing life with one invitation Their patients, their friends, it's amazing to see what God's done in their life. To see their kids in the house of God. To see their family serving the Lord. Every one of us can walk in that same victory. We want to cheer each other on. We want to see your victory in your marriage, victory in your business, victory in your life. That's the fruit of what it is. So Holy Spirit, we thank you today. God, you know the hearts of your kids. God, I thank you, you're reminding us that we're made in your likeness and image. So Lord, I ask that you get us in alignment with what that looks like today. God, I just reveal and expose some lies that the enemies whispered in some ears. God, I pray for healing in marriages today where the devil's been in the middle of them. God, I thank you for power to come in this room. God, I thank you for those of your kids that were walking with your Holy Spirit that kind of got back into their own ways. Lord, that we resubmit our lives to you today. God, those that are desiring the gifts to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know their heart. And I ask that you baptize them in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for power to come upon them. Holy Spirit, thank you for a revelation. Thank you that they'll learn how to prophesy that they'll lay hands on people. God, we thank you right now that you expose every lie that's not of your kingdom. And the God that you're building your church in Salt Lake City and the gates of hell cannot and will not stop it. We advance your kingdom today. And I thank you for what you're doing in this city. I thank you for my emerge men. The God you're gonna stir mighty men to rise up. I thank you for the prayer meeting on Tuesday. We prophesy it doubles in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the marriages that are coming to the marriage retreat to take their marriage to the next level, God. And I thank you for our conference in July that's gonna bring revival in our spirits to come take a city. I thank you for the buildings that you've already set aside in this city for us, Lord. Lord, that you're gonna highlight those buildings that are set up like a ram in the thicket for us, that you're Jehovah Jireh, our provider that you're going to rise up mighty entrepreneurs in this house, men and women that want to see you thriving and showing them to walk in wisdom and discernment in business, that you'll send armor bearers to this house that will seek after what you're doing in this city. God, we thank you, Lord, for this, this building. Let be a light set on a hill in a valley that can shine so bright. God, I pray for every one of my friends that are entrepreneurs, that God, they don't know you yet, but you love them. And all the wealth in the world can't buy eternity. That they will find the gospel of truth. Jesus, I pray for every one of them. You know them. You know the desires of my heart. And every one of us in this room, have friends just like that that we're praying for right now. So, God, I pray for encounters, supernatural setups, divine intervention, and introductions that all point back to you. We honor you today. We give you the glory today. And everybody in the house said. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.